listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to a new episode. Recording this on a Sunday. The Lakers back in the Western Conference Finals for the first time in 10 years. Uh, ended up getting rid of Mike D'Antoni pretty much, I think, from, from Houston as well. He stepped down uh, as their coach. He won't be coming back. Uh, the Lakers really took over this series after after game two. It was kind of the writing was on the wall. And, and uh, I'm going to jump into that with Anthony. But before we get into that, the semantics of it all, don't forget, subscribe to our Silver Screen and Roll podcast network. You can catch us pretty much well anywhere you get your podcast fix, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. And of course, silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. Joining me, as always, Anthony Irwin, homeowner now, Anthony Irwin in Texas. Please, <laughs> my man. <laughs> oh man, it's it, it it'll never sound <laughs> normal, dude. Uh, it, it, it's like if I can just take a quick second and just like thank you know readers of Silver Screen and Roll from back in the day, listeners of the pods that I've been a part of for a long time. Uh, this has been you know quite the ride and in a legitimate dream come true, being able to turn a hobby into. Uh, something that provides for my family and for my daughter and and to be able to go through all of that and and have this be kind of the one of the one of the pots of gold at the end of the rainbow has been has been insane so so thank you guys a ton and uh and and we still have a ton of work to do well how does it uh how does it feel kind of just getting everything i know you got a lot left to do in terms of getting everything set up but um you know when you look at how far you've come and, and making the move from the west coast over there uh, how does it feel just being able to walk in and be like, yeah, son, this is my castle now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I had a moment today because I've been putting together the uh, the furniture for the back patio. And we have a pretty cool view looking out the the, the back over the backyard. And and then uh, on we have a trail that runs out of our backyard, basically. And and we have a really nice view. And I just took a second to sit out on the couch that I put together out there. And I was just like, holy crap, this is this is actually happening. This is, <laughs> I literally pinched myself <laughs> and, and I didn't wake up. So that's, that's good news. That is good news. That is good news. That <laughs> means you're still there. I hope you didn't get too much, uh, too much mass in that, in that pinch there though. You're not getting lazy over there in Texas. Are you right? Putting on the pounds. Oh man, it's way, <laughs> it's way too humid. I sweat everything out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost impossible to get drunk because you sweat everything out by the time you, you're reaching for your next drink. Well, well, there you go. That's a good part. So anything coming in is going back out. So that yeah, you can't, exactly. can't complain too much about that. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's happening as well, like I mentioned off the top, Lakers back in the Western Conference Finals. Um, like I said, man, we, we talked about this last week. And it, it's funny to see. I thought the Lakers took the rocket soul after game two. And I, and I kind of was saying it there. I'm like, I've, I've seen enough out of this. They're going to make adjustments. Uh, one big thing was Frank Vogel basically going small. Um, D'Antoni admitted that. I believe it was after game four saying, look, they beat us at our own game. They went small. Um, they, you know, they, Marquise Morris was awesome in this series. That's why the Lakers bought him in. But what, what did you, when you look at the job Frank Vogel did and the way he got the guys to buy into what he was doing and just defensively, man, I mean, you know, those eight games they played during the restart, kind of the seeding games or, uh, you know, wrapping up the regular season schedule, didn't see a lot of intensity, didn't see a lot of, of good things. But the way they've turned it on over the, over the last, you know, let's say, you know, seven or eight games, um, is that, was that the biggest factor for you? The, the defensive side of the ball? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, 
I think one of the things that was kind of overlooked, and and I I'm guilty of it too. I was guilty of it as well. Was this idea that you know the Lakers have to stay big and stick with their identity and you know take advantage of something. So basically, like every postseason, what you learn is that teams are eventually going to force you to do the things that you cannot do. And in the Rockets' case, I thought, well, they literally cannot grow taller. <laughs> you know that. Over the course of the series, there is no way that they are going to grow uh, and and find a seven-footer unless Tyson Chandler just magically has like that really fun couple weeks where he wasn't washed for the Lakers a couple couple years ago, and uh, you know that that was just never going to happen. But uh, that said, the Lakers figured out well, okay, we don't have to go so big; we can still go quote unquote small. But Anthony Davis is still going to be a seven-footer out there, and we can still rotate, we can still get out and run, we can still spread the floor, and we can do all of these things that make us a better team and, uh, by extension, a better matchup against uh, Houston. And once they did that, there was, there was literally no adjustment that could have been made. There was, there was nothing that, that D'Antoni could have done uh, as dag- uh, dogmatic as he is about his ideals uh, basketball-wise. You have... Um, James Harden, who showed himself to once again be a playoff fraud. So, you know, you, you just, you, you find, you find, you, you found all these holes in Houston and there was nothing they could do to plug them. Yeah. And that's, that, that's what it was. And it was, you know, everybody's looking at it again. And it's funny, hang on, I'm going to go back. I mean, I have to go back a little bit, but this one dude tweeted at me. I don't know if you saw that last week. Um, and I wanted to call him out for it because he, he sent a tweet to me. Hang on, I'm going to go back and find this. It was actually to, to uh, I think you were included mm. in it as well. Hang on here. What did he say? I never get bad mentions. I don't know what you're talking no, about. Yeah, yeah, you're the, yeah, you're, everybody loves you on Twitter, right? You're like mm-hmm. the, yeah, you're like the... Uh, Reddit, Sat- Reddit, Reddit especially. Twitter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to quote this guy. This is after, we, after they won that game. And he goes, LOL, you think the Lakers have figured Houston out. Uh, Morris went four for five from three. Kuzma went six for seven from the floor. Russ went four for 15 including one of seven from three with seven turn and the Lakers won by just eight Houston will adjust. Let me tell you something here. TJ Detweiler. No, they did not adjust. Okay. So I had to call <laughs> you back out on that one because I was watching that game too. And it, it to me, once I saw that, okay, the Lakers got, because the Lakers are the deeper team. They're, 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 they're a little bit, I mean, Harden, uh, I would put a notch below LeBron and, and AD, but did you kind of get that feeling too, after let's say game two or three that, you know what? This is going to be a wrap. Yeah, I I did. I remember recording with Pete after the Lakers held Houston to 17 points in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I told him, I I just don't, I don't know what Houston can do here. I have no idea what they can do. And then, you know, I, I thought, you know, maybe they shoot from further out uh, where technically they might be more open. They didn't do that. I thought, okay, maybe Harden... Uh, attacks more as a scorer, didn't do that. Uh, maybe Harden attacks earlier on in the shot clock to uh, prevent, you know, even if he gets if he gets double teamed, well, that means the ball can rotate with more time on uh, the shot clock for somebody else to create a, a shot. Didn't do that. And and I just, once, once, you know, game two happened and they had that fourth quarter and then game three happened, and none of those things, none of those adjustments that they might have been able to make happen. I said, oh, yeah, this is over. And it's going to end ugly. And uh, and it did, you know. And 
And again, like I, I, I went on this rant for Locked On Lakers, and and I'll I'll say a ver- another version of it here with Harden, and. Of of all of the great players I have ever seen, and especially the players capable of putting up the numbers that that Harden has put up, which are still incredible. Like some of the things he has done offensively are insane. But like his willingness to just completely drop out of a play multiple times over the course of a game, and especially these games that they have to win, are just I I, I don't understand. Like I can kind of get now why Rockets fans are so intolerable, and it's and it's simply because they have to hate watching him play, and they can't they can't admit it because they're Rockets fans, and you can't admit such things as being as tribal as we are. But there's no way you can actually have have thought watching this guy play on a night to night basis that he was capable of taking a team to the finals with that approach, and 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 lo and behold. This is yet another postseason where they just crash and burn in in hilarious fashion. It's, well, it's funny because I, I write a little bit for the uh, for the Warrior site on SB Nation as well, and I think like almost every contending fans teams hate the Rockets fans. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Because even there, they're like, "Dude, we don't like." People are cheering for the, the Lakers, no problem. Because I guess even though they play in the same division and you got the natural geographical ri- rivalry between the Warriors and the Lakers. I don't think that there's really been a, a, too much of a, a rivalry or a hate between the fan bases because they haven't been good at the same time. You know, we haven't seen those playoff matchups. And um, it's, it, it was funny for me to see with, with, the, with the Rockets because it's like, dude, I understand the fact that they wanted to, to kind of, I don't want to say D'Antoni was trying to re, uh, reinvent the game, but I think he was looking at it like, this is going to give us our best option to win. And they went with it. And the problem with it is that um, that's not going to work when you have to play against a guy like Anthony Davis. Like LeBron James, even you know, was it with their with you know once Javale was out and they didn't really start a traditional center. Like LeBron James is the second biggest dude on the court. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and PJ Tucker plays big. I get that. Robert Covington's a nice piece, but none of those guys are going to be able to keep up with him. And it, it was almost like you're going to. And they barely got by OKC, who obviously you know they had CP3, Danilo Gallinari, um, Shea Gilders Alexander, all these guys who can play. But at the same time. They also like that style. It, it just it wasn't it, it wasn't going to work to win a championship. And so like now D'Antoni's gone. It'll be interesting to see who they who they bring in. But I did see this tweet, and I'll ask you about this. Like, okay, we saw Harden. I'm not going to go back to the OKC days, but you know he played next to uh, uh, Chris Paul. He's played next to to Russell Westbrook. Is Harden the problem, or was the system that D'Antoni was running kind of limit them considering the personnel that they had as well? Well, it's hard to say because I don't know if. You know, giving up the ball and then standing at half court was a part of the system. Like that to me is the most damaging thing a star can do is completely take themselves out of the play. Like even even though Dwayne Wade, for example, wasn't a great shooter, he was an incredible cutter. He was an incredible offensive rebounder. And and those things made him dangerous, made it so that opposing teams when he gave up the ball had to really pay attention to where he he was on the court um even though he's not like he was never a couch and catch and shoot specialist he wasn't the kind of guy who would who would space the floor in the ways that you would think a clay or a Steph or even harden himself is is potentially capable of but when harden gives up the ball and then goes and floats near half court 50 feet away from the basket you can lose interest in where he is on the court. He's not going to do anything out there. So 
what you wind up having is having is, you know, even on those on those situations where Rondo switches out, you know, gets switched onto him. If the Lakers trap Harden and get the ball out of his hands, Rondo could technically have just defended a Harden possession. And then when Harden goes and and floats up there at half court, you know, you now have an extra defender to pinch in and and try to uh, make sure that PJ Tucker or somebody else doesn't run in from the corners to repound a three point shot. You now have an extra defender to to run somebody off of the three point line as they're able to rotate out to them. Like you, you, you just Harden is is legitimately hurting his team in possessions where he doesn't have the ball, and so either he's he's holding the ball for 17 seconds and then finding somebody to to get you know an assist, or he's just completely taking himself out of the play. While it's impossible to know how much of that is by design, if that was by design. I, I, one, I don't believe it is because we saw what D'Antoni preferred from his players in the seven seconds or less era. Um, and if it isn't by design and that's just Harden being hardened, then, then yeah, I, I think you do blame him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, 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 that's the way I've kind of looked at it too. I mean, when's the last time like, Kawhi did it a lot last year? Let's, let's be real. You know, with the Raptors, he was, you know, it was a lot of isolation ball, but the Raptors have some, like they're way deeper than, than the Rockets were, you know what I mean? In terms of their, their roster composition, but you know when I look at, at how how Harden plays and how how his game rolls, like I, I don't see a team winning a championship with him as the lead dog. They came awfully close against the the Warriors a couple of years ago, but I mean obviously they choked that those two games, game six and seven, away themselves. But um, yeah, it's, it, I just don't think that style is, is going to work in a in a in a league where ball sharing and ball movement are the number one thing. So you're bringing in all these guys who are now getting used to playing in a certain way and in a certain style and they're not, you know, you're sitting around watching a guy go one-on-one a majority of the time. It's hard. It's, it's going to be hard for them to, to be able to compete with a team, especially as deep as the Lakers. And you look on the other side of the bracket, we'll jump into that, but uh, the, the, the Clippers and Nuggets, that, that one's obviously become a series now where I don't think anybody expected that, you know, come time for, for last Friday, but uh, we'll get into that in a second. But one thing I do want to give you an opportunity to, uh, go ahead and eat a little bit of crow for all the Rondo t- smack talk that you've given <laughs> because the playoff playoff Rondo showed up big in this series. Yeah, I mean, I, this is one of those situations where I am happy to have been hilariously wrong, <laughs> along with along with like every other person on Twitter that doesn't have Rondo as their Abby. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will say this in watching the series. Like, again, so I, I mentioned how Rondo could technically get away with those possessions where he finds himself on Harden. You know, if the Lakers offer enough enough help to where Harden has to give up the basketball and then Harden goes and floats up at half court, that's technically Rondo helping in, um, in, in a stop. And then if it isn't Harden that he's guarding there, if he starts a play or, or a possession on Russell Westbrook and there's no su- switching that, that occurs, he doesn't have to pay attention to Russell Westbrook either. So he can kind of run around and play Rover and and disrupt the offense the way that he's capable of doing when he's actually diligent enough to, to, to pay attention to where he actually has to be. And so you combine an increased level of, of attentiveness, attentiveness and uh, effort and you combine that with what Houston's personnel allows him to do, and and yeah, I you know this this wound up being the series for him. Does that mean I think he's going to continue to do this against either the Clippers or the, or Denver? 
No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I think this was this was a really cool series for him, and I would still be a little nervous going against either Jamal Murray, who has been lighting the the, the world on fire. Uh, you have uh, Monte Morris behind him, who is a capable offensive player, and then for the Clippers, you have uh, Patrick Beverly, who you at least have to pay attention to, or else he'll hurt you from three point range. Or Lou Williams, who, like, let's face it, if, if Rondo was guarding Lou Williams, there's there's going to be issues there. So I, I'm, I think it was really cool that he had that series, and I'm happy to have been wrong here. And I'll be happy to have been wrong again if he once again proves me hilariously and stupidly wrong. But I, I just, I, <laughs> it's hard to bet on what feels like such an incredible outlier. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that, man. I mean, I, I think it was great, and I think... In terms of, like you said, the matchup with the Rockets, it dictated the fact that, hey, we can have Rondo out there a little bit longer and, and, and give him an opportunity to shine. And like you mentioned, his defensive, um, you know, lack of capabilities, I would say, weren't going to get exposed too much against a team like that where, you know, Eric Gordon, uh, P.J. Tucker, guys like that, even like you said, Westbrook, like, yeah, go ahead. Like, those guys are just standing in the corner. You know what I mean? So he's able mm-hmm. to to play off of them. But like you mentioned, like, I don't want to see Rondo getting switched on to Jamal Murray 20 times a game because that is not going to, it's not going to end well. We actually still don't know who the Lakers are going to play. Uh, let's jump into that after a short break. All right, and we are back. Uh, if, you, if you don't know, so the Clippers were up 3-1. Uh, Denver had a comeback win on Friday. Today, it looked like the Clippers were going to punch their ticket to the conference finals. Like that was all, but you know, the, the Nuggets were all, but basically dead at that point. But they came back with a 30-8 to run in the third quarter. Uh, ended up dominating and scored outscored the Clippers 64-35 in the second half. Uh, game seven set for Tuesday. Looking at it from a Lakers perspective, which team do you want to play in the next round? Man, I I am shocked that we are here. Aren't you? Like yeah, this is insane. Yeah. I didn't. Think I thought it was three one. I'm like it, it's over. Like the, I thought the Clippers are. I'm like damn, the Clippers are getting rolling. They're gonna take out the Nuggets, and we're gonna get to see. And I actually thought that I'm like. It's kind of crappy for the city of L.A. if it does end up being Lakers Clippers that we're not going to be able to have that buzz around the Staples Center. But now I'm like, shoot, I, Denver might pull this thing off because Jokic and Murray are carrying them to, you know, every, what are they, 5-0 and now in uh, in elimination games? And it's like, damn, I mean, if they, if they pull this off, that's going to be scary too. Yeah, I mean, that would be an insane amount of momentum that Denver would be carrying into the post into that conference finals. Uh, so in that regard, I they could I, you could talk me into you know technically being more nervous about facing Denver. The one thing I will say though is that they have Denver has not looked anywhere near on caliber with the Lakers, mm-hmm. um, on par with the Lakers at all this season. Um, to the point where the Lakers like look like they've been toying with them and and seemed disinterested at times playing against them just because the Lakers knew they were just a better team than they are. Yeah. Uh, now I don't, I don't, I'd have to study it a little bit more to see what Denver is doing during these runs to, to take advantage of a Clippers team that for the same reasons, the Lakers have looked disinterested against the Nuggets. Like the, the Clippers felt like a really bad matchup for, for Denver, but for whatever reason, we're sitting here now and, and Denver has forced this game seven and they've already come back and, and won one game seven in, in a similar series flow. And if they do it again and they carry that momentum against the Lakers, that's that's something to be a little nervous about. That said, the Clippers are the better team. 
Like, <laughs> I legitimately don't know what's going on here for these last two games. The Clippers are the better team, or at least they're they're. I'll rephrase. They're the better collection of talent. Like the talent on the Clippers is better than the talent on the Nuggets. But as we've seen all season this year, if you if you put the Clippers on tilt and you force them to to lean on any kind of team wide culture or organizational culture, they're going to fold because they just don't have it. They they're they're a collection of mercenaries who came together to to win this year, and it just you know they can look as dominating as any team in, in the, uh, in the, in the country or in the league. But when they, when push comes to shove, they can kind of wilt, they can get their, their tails stuck between their legs and just kind of 30 to eight run like yeah. that never happens against a, a, a championship caliber team. And especially in a, in a, in a potential elimination game. And yet here we are. So, We've learned a lot over the course of this postseason that we didn't think we would be learning. Um, and and one of the things that we're learning is that maybe we should have been looking a little bit more seriously at Denver all along. You think so? Because, you know, it's interesting you said that. I mean, the Lakers 4-0 against the Nuggets this year. I mean, it, at one, I think one of the games went, went to overtime, uh, but I don't think there were all any of them. The other ones were particularly close, but... Um, you know, watching the way that they match up, because to me, it's the it's the Jokic and 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 Jamal Murray show, and then obviously you got some nice you know you got some nice pair pieces there with uh, you know Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr. The rookies playing well. Um, I'm with you, man. I I was watching that game on on Friday, and I was trying to you know I was, I was going back and forth between today's game and and, and the NFL stuff, but um, yeah, like the the Nuggets, honestly, from a Lakers perspective, don't scare me at all. I, I just think that's a terrible matchup for for Denver, and I think the Lakers. Um, defensively will, will suffocate suffocate the Nuggets. I don't, I don't think they have a chance at it. Whereas you look at the Clippers and you go, okay, talent for talent, you know, they're, they're right up there with the Lakers and, and we've seen them play play the Lakers pretty well uh, pre-pandemic, you know, during the, uh, during the oh, do we still call that regular season? Yeah, I guess we'll call it regular <laughs> season, right? But pre-pandemic, um, but like you were mentioning, I mean, everything has kind of been off and, and obviously you're playing in, in, in Orlando and you don't have the benefit of the, the home court advantage. I think that the Nuggets are going to, you know, if the Lakers are playing them and they have to go up to altitude and play in Denver, you know, two or three times, that that would be a little bit more scary for me. But I just think in a neutral site, um, that Denver team, other than a Jamal Murray or, or um, Joker going off, they, they don't particularly scare me. So from a Lakers perspective, I want to see Denver win. But from a basketball perspective, I want to see Lakers Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I like I, I just this is one of those rare spots where there are there's such a cavalcade of 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 takes that one could possibly have that aren't like none of them are going to be objectively wrong. Uh, and and so as a result, it's really hard to to definitively say I, I want to play the Nuggets or I want to play the, the Clippers. I mean, yeah, I want to play the Clippers in the sense that it would be nice after all of the barking that little brother has done this year to just absolutely shut them up because I, having seen them fold now in two straight games, I, I, I think there's a chance that the Lakers would run them off the court in a seven game series. Um, but even with that said, I, I just, I don't know that the Lakers are actually going to play them. You know, it, I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch the games and see if it's something you know, that Denver is figuring out about the Clippers during these big runs. 
uh, or if it's just a matter of them making shots when when they hadn't previously. Uh, but but look, if if you tell me that the the Lakers were going to go up against the Clippers, I'd be I'd be stoked for the opportunity because there's there's a chance that they would go Clippers Celtics for a championship. I think the Lakers would beat both of those teams in a series, and that would be a pretty sweet run to a championship. You know, it, bitter bittersweetness all all you know. Uh, you know, needs to be taken into account, and all of that notwithstanding, going beating a, a Clippers team that has taken pot shot after pot shot at the way that the Lakers run their organization, and then going up against the Celtics, who you know these NBA Twitter darlings with all of their second round assets and the way that they've built their organization, and the Lakers beating both of those teams would would be about as cool the championship run as as, as we've seen. Well, I was actually going to say that when we found out it was going to be Celtics, Celtics Heat in the Eastern Conference Final, like congratulations on being the runner-up in the uh, in the NBA playoffs. Because I don't, I, I think if if it's Lakers or again, I, if it's I, I think the Lakers are going to make the finals. And right now, they're they're easily the heavy championship favorite based off what we've seen, you know, especially over the last, you know, I'd say two to three weeks. I, the the Celtics don't don't scare me from from a Lakers perspective. The Heat certainly don't. It's just the the Lakers are the the better team, and you got. Two of the top five players in the NBA on one roster with 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 LeBron and AD, so uh, it would be a sweet ride if they could get through. Um, you know, they beat Portland, beat Houston. Uh, now, if they could beat the Clippers, and then they end up taking out the uh, taking out the Celtics, that that would be like the the perfect run, wouldn't it? It does kind of suck though. Yeah. We're not going to have that energy though, man, in, in in Staples Center. You know what I mean? Because I just think it would be awesome, like just the the atmosphere, the crowd, uh, the way everybody the the city would be. It just it kind of sucks that we're not going to get to see it happen like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely sucks that the Lakers wouldn't have seven straight home games in a conference final. That'd have been that'd have been cool to see. Um, and then and then you know with Boston, obviously all of that. But but even with that said, and and look, I don't I don't live in Southern California anymore. But I would imagine if the Lakers get to a final, you'll still see a ton of that. You know, a ton of the vibes. I remember when the Lakers started to kind of look legit. I went and I, I I put on I have like a long sleeve Lakers shirt and it's you know it's purple so you know people immediately know okay that's a Lakers shirt and I, I I drove through somewhere and this was a while ago but I drove through somewhere and the person working the drive through was like Lakers baby and and I hadn't heard that kind of pride that kind of confidence that kind of let's effing go in in. Yeah. Of you know, in a Laker fan's voice in public in a really long time, and I would imagine you know while everything is is uh, you know everything is a little bit more le- low key uh, now and and for good reason, I still think you'll see a ton of pride if the Lakers make it to a finals this year. Like this would be this would be the most adversity any just about any team has gone through to win a championship. You know, there's. Yeah. When you when you think about everything that every NBA team has gone through this year, and then you add to it the impact that you know Kobe passing away specifically had on the Lakers, the Lakers have gone through objectively more adversity this year than than every other team out there. Maybe Milwaukee comes close because uh, you know that the uh, the shooting of uh, was it. Jacob Ryan uh, had in 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 their own backyard 
that that was huge and and we saw the impact that it had to the point where they walked out and obviously there's there have been a ton of teams out there that have gone through a, a, a whole lot this year a whole bunch of people who have gone through a whole lot this year uh, yeah. but if you look at historically speaking what the lakers have gone through with with covid and with uh the the, the social you know social consciousness we had the the controversy that LeBron put himself through uh, because of his piss poor response to the China controversy to start the year. Remember, they were in China when when all of that was going on. Yeah, that feels like it was like four years ago now, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. So, like when when you think about everything that the Lakers have gone through, uh, and and the fact that they might be in in a in a championship series potentially against. The Heat or the the Celtics, and if it isn't the Celtics, they're going up against Pat Riley, and LeBron is going up against his old team in in Miami. Uh, then the, <laughs> the 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 year would have a pretty sweet bow on it if the Lakers are are able to come out on top. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think for with everything going on, um, like you said, and I think there's more. Uh, you know, we talked about this at the beginning, you know, maybe about two, three, you know, two months ago now before, you know, everything started up. Like, does it kind of cheapen up the fact that a team wins it like this? And it's like, no, I think we both were kind of on the on the same thinking of, dude, you still got to win 16 games. You're doing it under unprecedented circumstances. Um, some of these guys didn't see their family for months at a time. They didn't get to spend time with their kids. Um, you know, we know that uh, House from Houston obviously had to sneak in something into into the into the bubble there and obviously selfishly had to do that. Just take care of yourself next time, okay? Don't have to don't have to worry about that. But um, <laughs> no, I think that yeah, I, I think it's uh, you know I, I think it's if any team whoever comes out on top here, they deserve extra credit for it, considering the circumstances and considering how everything went down. So um, it's going to be sweet to see. The only crappy part is if the Lakers do win, are they going to have like a virtual virtual uh, parade down Figueroa? Like how are they going to do it? What do you what do you think would happen there? I mean, I, I would imagine they, they would not do a parade. But look, if they, if they you know, got together and invited, like, a, you know, a percentage of, of maybe season ticket holders to go into Staples Center and, and then broadcast that out over Zoom and over local cable networks and Spectrum, uh, I would imagine the response to it would be pretty great. I, I, this is the one thing I think the Lakers deserve a lot of credit for is they understand how to pull off that moment. They're very good at that moment, whether it was Kobe's last game and, or, you know, whether it was uh, various milestones that all kinds of Lakers have had over the, over their careers and over the Lakers in, insane history, the Lakers have found a way to celebrate those things in the moment, in a really cool fashion, and I'm sure if the Lakers won this thing, that that they would continue doing that with with some form of a parade, not not yeah. a parade, but some form of a celebration. I wonder, yeah, I wonder how they do it. But I mean, e- either way, I mean, this is going to be it's going to be fun, man. I mean, you know, we're looking at it as I was, I was kind of hoping we could preview the uh, the conference finals, but the Clippers obviously have choked the last couple of games, so um, it's going to be fun on, on Friday, just knowing that they're there. And I'm interested to see what LeBron brings. You know what I mean? He's going to have. You know, he's basically going to have, uh, what, Sunday, Monday, well, how many days? Like, what, four or five days off in between? I'm sure they'll practice and do that, but um, it'll be it'll be fun to uh, it'll be it'll be fun to see how how the Lakers respond to it, and it'll be cool to see how you know, I'll be back in LA on on Friday, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the uh, the crowd and and how the people in the city are responding to it. Um, before we wrap up here, 
Who do you think takes Game 7 between the Clippers and the Nuggets? I, I still have to say the Clippers because I think they're more talented. But you know what? Screw it. Let's have some fun. I think Denver wins. I think okay. Denver wins. You think it's a close one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... Not, I think we'd see not quite what we saw tonight, where where today, where Denver won by double digits, but I think it'd be like a seven or eight point win in Denver's favor. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. I, I think Kawhi turns it on. He's the best player in that series. I'll, I'll yeah. take the Clippers in a, in a in a close one. I think it's going to come down to the wire, like a four or five point game, because I think Murray or or Jokic will will kind of do their their part as well. But I'll take Kawhi just because we've seen him do it twice now. He's a two time Finals MVP. Um, that'll, that'll be my, that'll be my bet. But the good part is next time we talk, we'll be able to talk about some, some conference finals games. And hopefully, hopefully the Lakers are, are up at that point. Uh, enjoy the new place, my man. You deserve it. Have fun. And, uh, don't forget about us, uh, little people over here on the West coast, right? <laughs> Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. That's Anthony Irwin. You can check him out, uh, on Twitter as well at Anthony. Is it, was it Anthony F Irwin? No, what's What's your Twitter handle? Just Anthony Irwin, L.A. Anthony Irwin, L.A. It should be Anthony Irwin, T.X. now, but that's okay. We'll get that updated. when. <laughs> now nah, my, my heart's always in, in L.A. <laughs> we'll get that updated. Uh, don't forget, as well, subscribe to our Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us anywhere you get your fix. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And, of course, SilverScreenandRoll.com. Harrison, Christian, Sabrina, the entire crew has you covered through the rest of the postseason. That's it, Lakers fans. Get ready for Friday. We'll talk to you guys again next week.